Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, the Lakers have gone 500 while Anthony Davis has been out. They beat the uh, Charlotte Hornets last night. I almost went New Orleans Hornets. Uh, no, they beat the Charlotte Hornets last night. LeBron James has scored 40 points in two straight games now at the ripe old age of 38 years old. And uh, yeah, I <laughs> things are about as good as you can hope for. Before I get into the basketball, um, we all probably were watching um, off on the side of however we were watching the Lakers game, whether it was through your phone, whether it was on a second screen, whatever. But I'm sure everybody listening to this uh, is aware of what happened in the Monday Night Football game. Um, and uh, DeMar Hamlin, you know, he makes a tackle, he stands up, he falls down, um, he needed CPR and an AED, and he was rushed to a hospital. At the time of my recording this, I uh, he is in critical uh, condition. And they are still working to to get him through all of this. They rightly suspended the game and did not can you know did not force those players to continue playing. Um, it'll be interesting to see what all what machinations went in, into that. But frankly, I, I just don't really care. Um, you know, from for all, all that really matters here, and 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 the reason I'm talking about this right now on a Lakers pod is to send Hamlin and his family all of the positivity, all of the prayers, all of um, everything that that we can send him and hope that he's okay. So again, I record these and then release them at a later time every night. So things might change by the time you guys are listening to this. Um, But all that matters, nobody's take about how it could have been handled differently and and people's responses to it. Like, I keep seeing people quote tweet, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Bayless, Skip Bayless's. I keep saying, I keep seeing people dunk on, on his tweet. That's, that's what he wants. That doesn't matter right now. Fuck him now. Fuck him forever. Uh, let's just send the positivity that we can to, to Hamlin and his family. All right, now talking about basketball, uh, segueing is, uh, you know, awkwardly because there's no smooth way to, to segue out of that. But uh, the Lakers, again, they beat the Charlotte Hornets. Um, game was closer than it had to be because the Lakers refused to do anything easy. Uh, they win 121-115. to 115. LeBron goes for 43-11-6 on uh, 16 of 26 shooting. And 11 of 15 free throws. The 15 free throws is, is, is great to see. Uh, Thomas Bryant, 18 and 15 from him. 9 of 17 from the field. Um, only 0 of 1 from three-point range. I would kind of like to see him step out there and, and take a couple more of those. That was part of what he was supposed to be bringing to the table. And I, I so long as he's reluctant to shoot, you're kind of missing out on a big part of what he was supposed to be offering this year. Um, and then, you know, with Lonnie Walker out, the Lakers decided to go with Troy Brown Jr. in the starting lineup um, instead of Austin Reeves, who has been struggling a little bit lately. He seemed to, to, to get himself 
uh, to snap out of that. Though, again, it's kind of weird. 22 minutes only for Austin Reeves is weird unless the, the Lakers as a staff think that he was, you know, kind of running into a wall with fatigue. 22 minutes is, is pretty low, especially when you see Dennis Schroeder plays 37 minutes um, and and uh, Patrick Beverly plays 32 minutes. Russ only played 11. He left the game early with uh, some kind of an injury. And, um, you know, again, like, like Kendrick Nunn gets into the game. The Lakers were up 20 when he came into the game and immediately kind of coughed up that lead and, and certainly the momentum. So, yeah, I, I don't know what really went into Reeves playing only 22 minutes, but I, I, I certainly think that's not the move here moving forward. Um, more thoughts here in a bit on uh, Darvin Ham's guard rotation and, and just in, in general his approach to coaching this team and how I, I'm, I'm not really a fan. Um, but, yeah, I, the, the main story from this, LeBron goes for 43-11-6 and, um, and just looks incredible. Uh, there were some, you know, stretches there earlier this year where I, I think it was fair, and I did wonder if he were, if we were starting to see him kind of wear down a little bit, Father Time maybe uh, getting the better of him. But right now, this is play, he's playing about as well you can possibly hope for. He and and Stu Lance made a point that I think needs to be echoed that LeBron can't be relied on to score 40 points and that be what it takes to win basketball games. He needs more, you know, whether it's, you know, Reeves scored well, 15 points in those 22 minutes. Um, whether it's Dennis Schroeder, if you're going to play 37 minutes, probably need more than 15 points and five assists. Uh, you know, the, the, somebody else needs to step up here and offer some production that, that alleviates some of this load from LeBron because Asking a 38-year-old LeBron James to, to score 40 points and, and need all 40 of them to beat the Charlotte Hornets, uh, that's more of a red flag than, than, <laughs> than I think people really want to address or acknowledge. All right, I wrote this uh, last week before the long holiday weekend. Uh, I, the, the headline here, Darvin Ham's guard-heavy rotation is hurting the Lakers. Stop me if this sounds familiar. Darvin Ham has been given a broken roster, but he isn't making the most of what it can be either. If that sounds like what we said about Frank Vogel all year last season, it's because it's exactly what we kept saying about Frank Vogel all year last season. Vogel's reliance on veterans who clearly didn't have it anymore, like Avery Bradley, or not putting promising young players in positions to succeed and thus crushing their value. Remember when Taylor Horton Tucker had promise? Made it difficult to put all the blame last year on the front office. This year, Hams Bradley is Dennis Schroeder, and the player who once showed a, prom- a ton of promise but fell by the wayside is Lonnie Walker IV. More, more on that in a second. Though to be clear, just like this season, the front office still deserved more blame last year. Can't stress that enough. Night in, night out, Lakers starters are announced, and night in, night out, they begin games with painfully small groups. Patrick Beverly, Schroeder, and Walker puts a ton of stress on an also small front court of Thomas Bryant and LeBron James. That unit is scoring a paltry 101.9 points per 100 possessions and giving up 110.4 points per 100 possessions. Uh, a net rating of eight, a negative 8.5. What's even crazier is if you swap Bryant for Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, there's still a net negative with an offensive rating of 104.1 and a defensive rating of 105.6. You realize how bad you have to be at basketball to turn James and Davis into a net negative pairing? 
It's unfathomably bad. <laughs> this is just the start. This isn't just a starting issue either. The data on all lineups featuring three point guards so far is hideous. Uh, Russ, Pat, and Dennis, 97.9 offensive, 144.6 defensive rating. It's a negative 46.7 net. Russ, Dennis, Lonnie, negative 35.6 net. Pat, Dennis, Lonnie, negative 13.5 net. Uh, Russ, Lonnie, none, minus 24.3 net. And yeah, I didn't have to necessarily throw none in there. He's going to be pretty bad at regardless of lineup. But hey, we saw him last night. So clearly we don't have to, we can't just forget that he exists as much as I would love to. So essentially, the Lakers have five point guards between Westbrook, Beverly, Schroeder, Walker, and none. I could include Reeves here given his size as a rail thin 6'4 guard, but his creative responsibilities are almost always as a secondary ball handler. So I left him out of that group. Ham has taken none out of the rotation to his credit, but all of Beverly, Westbrook, Schroeder, and Walker are playing at least 27 minutes per game. One more guard probably needs to see his role shrink quite a bit. And before I continue here, this was written before the weekend and when Lonnie Walker got hurt. And what I didn't want to have happen here is have an injury force Ham's hand. He needs to get better at this. Anyway, from there, it becomes a process of elimination. Which guards bring something they can't find elsewhere? Westbrook has been an engine off of the bench, and Jeannie Buss is apparently such a fan, she reportedly scuttled the trade before the, the season, so that's not happening. Beverly, even after a slow start, is the best combination of shooting and defense in that group. Walker is the most talented player in there. This leaves Schroeder as the odd man out. If the Lakers were prepping for a trade, I would understand relying as heavily on Schroeder as they have, but as that reportedly isn't the case then they need to start maximizing the roster they have. Schroeder's skill set is the most fungible by other guards they have, so he probably needs to play fewer minutes. The other part of this is what Schroeder's presence in the rotation has done to Walker, who has gone from a bright spot earlier this year to an ill-fitting spot-up shooter since Schroeder got healthy. Walker's points, free throws, rebounds, assists, and steals are all down. All this points to a less engaged player in the the game all around. And sure, yeah, you can poo-poo counting stats all you want. I would too, but watch him play. Walker has gone from one of the most exciting Lakers to quite easily the least fun version of himself. If they're going to suck, at least be entertaining. And again, this all brought about by an imbalanced roster that no one seems all that inclined to improve. So in a way, Ham's hand is forced here by both roster concerns and locker room or executive problems. Politics, problems, politics, same thing. When the team is performing well, those politics can't be abided, and some margin for error can be used up. But these Lakers don't have that luxury, especially with Davis out. It's a bad team that plays nightly at a severe talent disadvantage. The other pervasive retort to all this will be, okay, fine, then play who? Which, fair. The other options aren't great either. But Reeves, Troy Brown Jr., and a newly healthy Wantascano Anderson offer either three-point shooting or defense at a more meaningful size. Wenyan Gabriel appears to have a cap on his minutes, and unless that exists because of injury concern, he should also get more run. Even Max Christie makes more sense than trotting these tidy lineups that have to fear trampling while they're out there. Or, put more simply, anyone who isn't 6'3 and under. Ham should honestly have a measuring stick with a line on it that that says you have to be this tall to enter the game. 
These decisions are not as simple as I've outlined, especially for a rookie head coach, but the Lakers have struggled with the same issues for long enough. Just like how last year improved once the old guys were swapped out for actual NBA athleticism and Stanley Johnson and Gabriel, and the team was more fun to watch, chances are these tweaks would greatly enhance the product Polinka and co. continue to force on us until, you know, a change is made, which please make a change. And that brings me to my final point. Every time LeBron James does anything cool, and in last night's game, he had that spectacular reverse (laughs) alley-oop dunk off of Schroeder's pass. Every time he does something like that, you know, obviously first I go, holy crap, I can't believe he just did that. And then I just get a little sad because once again, we are sitting here watching the Lakers waste LeBron James play at this level. And, you know... I used to roll my eyes at the idea of, you know, people telling me to never take this guy for granted. Of course I wasn't going to take him for granted. Who could possibly take this guy for granted? Well, the answer to that, apparently, is this Lakers front office. They're taking him for granted, and it's bullshit. Like, at some point, somebody needs to be the, the adult in the room and stop with all the narratives within the walls, which, over the weekend, I heard some wild stuff about. And yeah, stop with the narratives, stop with the, the you know, pretending as if Clutch and LeBron and AD specifically forced Rob Polinka's hand in trading for Russ. He has somehow convinced Genie of this, and it's too bad. And it's too bad that Genie is capable of being manipulated that way. But enough, enough. It's not true. Rob Polinka did want Russ. This idea that the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers, a vice president of basketball operations, could have his hand forced is not exactly the brag that he thinks it is. It means he was weak in that moment. And he was capable of being overpowered by the people who he is, he is essentially the manager of. Second, again, look at the roster. Look at the players that... that Rob Polinka has has prioritized now that LeBron has kind of taken a step back away from roster construction. They're all combo guards who can't shoot. Guess what Russ is? A combo guard that can't shoot. So yeah, like this idea that Rob Polinka was was forced and you know he was tied to a chair. And they used voice-changing technology to make it seem as if he was on the other line and called in that trade. No, come on. That's not how it worked. Yeah, those guys wanted Russ. And yeah, those guys kind of have to sleep in the bed too that they helped make. But this wasn't just those guys. And when Rob is sitting here forcing those guys to sleep in the bed that they made, he's ignoring the fact that like his corner of... The fitted sheet fits just as well as those guys. So, yeah, fix this thing. Stop taking LeBron for granted. Stop forcing the, him to have to score 40 points a night for you to barely beat the Charlotte freaking Hornets. It's enough. Get it done. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Uh, I am going to be talking in a little bit. To a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show, somebody you guys look forward to listening to every time I do talk to this person. I'm not jinxing it because um, this person's schedule is really busy, so you just never quite know 
But for now, just get excited about somebody who you're probably pretty excited to, to listen to talk. Until then, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.